1: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase
0: necessary. VGW group void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this Sunday morning via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, the Islanders played three games last week. I would say they played one good period. I don't know, maybe two. (laughs) If you're being very generous, they took three points. They got wrecked by a good team. They beat and came back and, uh, won the most important game of the week. And then they fell flat on their faces, uh, against an ECHL goalie. So it's kind of like a microcosm of the roller coaster type season. They've had in one week. And, uh, I don't know how much more of this I can take. It's very, very hard on the nerves. <laughs> I don't like it at all uh but uh, you know, here we are, and the islanders are still somehow hanging in, and right now they're in a playoff spot. It's crazy,
0: yeah, they're in a playoff spot <laughs> um by like technicality only i guess yeah. uh but the the week went um almost as expected, I would say, which is to be yeah. to be uh to say that it went the way that when you looked at it. The most unexpected ways, uh, because <laughs> everyone thought, okay, you beat Ottawa, then maybe you get a point out of Pittsburgh, and then we'll get you know trashed by the Bruins, which I guess was the only uh, predictable mm. outcome that was predictable. Uh, but they, the thing that looms over all of this is what happened in the Bruins game to Matt Barzell, mm. uh, because. The Islanders, out of nowhere, going through another injury crisis. Yeah. Uh, JG Peugeot is out. It uh, seems like he'll be out for a few weeks. and uh, He's on IR. Mm. Josh Bailey left the game. Um, I don't mean to pick on him, but if, I thought it was funny that Bailey kind of just <laughs> skated off the ice and down the tunnel. And I think it was Brendan Burke, or it was just very matter-of-fact. He was like, Josh Bailey's left the game. He's down the tunnel. Uh, and it just kind of moved on with, with the rest of the game call. Like w- there was no kind of uh, Zapruder filming like you do when <laughs> players get hurt in the NHL to try to figure out where right. exactly it was. Like we saw with Barzell, the hit and he uh, kind of just walked off the ice and I was like, I don't know how much of an effect this is going to have on the team. Mm. Um, but when you go through a cluster, that's when it starts to become difficult. And when one of the cluster is Barzell, it's, it's gets dire and, I think up until that injury, uh I was feeling okay because Sunday, uh, Saturday, today's Sunday, Saturday, the way it was kind of unfolding with the Panthers losing to the Predators, mm. the, then the Islanders play, you'd expect them to lose that game, and boy, did they. Uh, <laughs> then the, the Penguins lose, Capitals lose, the Red Wings, welcome to the party. Mm. um They lose, uh the Sabres win, but it's the day didn't. It, it had Barzell not got hurt. Like you'd be like, okay, like kind of survived a tricky little part, Uh, you know, a, a, a game where they were going to lose. They did lose uh, and didn't really cede any ground except to the Sabres. Mm. Uh, but then the Barzell thing happens. There's no update on him. I don't even know why anybody asks anymore after <laughs> games. And the frustrating thing is no matter what they, the Islanders say tomorrow mm. with Barzell, when they get back on the ice uh, for morning skate before Pittsburgh, which is the, the game against Friday against Pittsburgh was the most important game of the season. Now Monday against Pittsburgh is is also the most important game of the season. Mm. Yeah. They, they're going to say he's maybe if he's not on the ice, he's going to be day to day. And with the Islanders that could mean, I mean, JG J. Pajot was day to day and now we're hearing it's going to be a few weeks.
2: That's Oliver Wallstrom was day to day. Oliver Wallstrom was day-to-day. six months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it, it, and we're at the
0: point of the season now where um like I get I mean we, the Islanders don't don't tell the truth about anything, but uh <laughs> we're at the point of the season where it, it becomes even more uh like they treat these guys like they're heads of state. <laughs> uh you know, and you do they don't want people to know that it's like when uh, King Henry the Eighth died and they didn't want anyone to know and they're like right. we gotta we gotta make sure that no, none of the none (laughs) of the 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 plebeians out there find out the king is dead because they're going to revolt Mm. um and maybe it was king henry the seventh i might be getting my king henry's mixed up again that's my wife uh, she knows yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh, uh, whatever whatever king henry it was but uh it's just gonna be frustrating because that means the islanders uh and this was a complaint of mine a few weeks ago when they played the sabers they had ross johnston in the lineup um that game they were missing, Hudson Fashing, which, you know, was really tough to overcome. And, but uh, this, this game against the Penguins should Barzell be sitting. Bailey and Peugeot already are confirmed out. They're going to go play the most important game of the season, part two, with Andy Andrioff, Ross Johnston, Hudson Fashing, Matt Martin. I mean, you can just go down the list of the, 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 the roster they're going to go into the Pittsburgh yeah. with uh and that to me is is kind of unacceptable but also kind of uh where the islanders are supposed to be right now because they don't really deserve to be in this playoff race they're in it because <laughs> of nobody else really deserves to be in it yeah um and if you're going to be the team going into the most important game of the season with andy andreoff or or otto koivola mm-hmm. as your number three center um you really don't deserve to be here
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's unacceptable, but it's also very predictable. Like this is how the Islanders are built. Like these are the guys who make up the depth of this team. And you're right. Going into the most important game of the season, the sequel, uh, it's not a great look. It is funny that they played three games and lost a guy every one. So like when they were going to play the Senators on Tuesday, it was like, oh, J.G. Pajot is not in the lineup. Wait, what? What happened? All of a sudden he's on IR. Then, like you said, halfway through, after two periods against the Penguins, oh, there's no Josh Bailey anymore. Okay. And then, obviously, in the first period of the Bruins game, they lost Matt Barzell. So, and this is uh, the second time this this pattern has happened this season. Yeah. Remember,
0: their last injury of crisis, it was every game. It was like, Wallstrom, Mount yeah. Mary, yeah. Holmstrom. They all went down consecutively, because I remember <laughs> listening to, to a game uh, on the radio. And Greg Picker had a line where he's like, "Well, the good news is the Islanders went got through an entire game where nobody came out of the lineup." So,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's rough, but it is funny though. And you mentioned this thing, and I, and I wanted to mention this too. Like, I've noticed it. I mean, obviously the 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 big stories that we're told about all the time by a lot of the big podcasts, and we're going to talk about a potent- a huge trade in the second half. Uh, don't worry, we'll we'll have it out with that uh, just fine. Um, we're told that the big stories are where is Jacob Chikrin going to go? Or, wow, look at these Bruins. They've only lost, you know, eight games all season. And those are, I guess, but the Bruins are certainly a big story. You know, uh, this is the Leafs last run, that kind of stuff. I think the bigger story this season is that half the playoff teams in this league right now don't deserve to be there. You can make the case that none of them deserve to be there. We just talked about the Eastern Conference. The You know, these are all hugely flawed teams. We focus on the Islanders' flaws, but my God, the Penguins lost a game in which they had a 3-1 lead and a 4-2 lead to the Islanders. Like, if I was a Penguins fan, I would be mortified. And then they went into Jersey on Saturday and got, and they lost there too. Not as bad as the Islanders lost on Saturday to the Bruins, but they just lost a lot of ground. That's terrible. Like you said, everybody else lost this week. The the Red Wings lost. They were making a charge. The Panthers got their asses handed to them by the Predators just before the Islanders got their asses handed to them by the Bruins. The Caps went into an outdoor game in Raleigh and got their asses handed to them by the hurricanes. Meanwhile, over in the West, the flames are falling apart. The wild can't get a win. Uh, Seattle's all of a sudden having all kinds of problems. Uh, the predators are hanging on by a thread. Like they're they're trading, you know, they're talking about who to get rid of. Uh should we sell? Should we not? The blues weren't even that far out of the playoffs. And they're like, screw it, we're we're on sellout, we're in selling mode. Half of the teams that could make the playoffs right now are extremely flawed and the islanders are one of those teams and again it gets back to what we're saying last week we're like you the only way these guys are going to end up in the playoffs is if they spin that big prices right wheel and it ends up on 100 because god only knows that there's no way to predict what's going to happen with these teams uh going forward because nobody has a lock on any of this stuff yeah the bruins do the lightning do the hurricanes and devils right now and, and rangers are kind of flying and then over in the west you got you know Edmonton turns it on. Vegas is pretty good, although they're dealing with injuries too. So uh it's a little insane. <laughs> it's very it's a very strange season so far, but all we keep hearing about is where Jacob Chicron is gonna go, which is very, very annoying. Um but even just, like of
0: all those teams, when you right. look at the when you look at the rosters, I think, if you, right now, and 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 sure everyone's dealing with injuries and, and, and Alex Ovechkin's away from the uh the yes. Capitals and the Tristan Jarry's been hurt for the Penguins, but if you if you look at the rest of the teams, you're like, oh, well, this is some semblance of of what those teams kind of look like. Mm. Uh, the Panthers team that I watched on uh, play the Predators, like the only player I think really was mi- that missing was missing was Duclair. Gudis got hurt during the game, and then uh, mm. it's the same thing with with uh, Washington. It's just really Ovechkin right now and Carlson. And uh, then you look at the Islanders, and and they're the one team that you you look at the third and fourth line of of these other teams, and you're like, okay the Penguins still have Teddy Bluger and yeah. there's, there's Garnett
2: Hathaway And Jeff Carter is wasting away. Like the, uh, the old right. guy, in Indiana Jones and the last crusade <laughs> in the cave, you know, <laughs> <He's> just,
0: uh, <laughs> and then you look at the Islanders. And, and I think if you asked, Hey, to the other teams, like the Islanders pretty important to your playoff race right now, Detroit Red Wings or Buffalo Sabres fan. Have you ever heard of the, any of these six guys outside of Matt Martin? <laughs> right. And, and, and that's why I think they're in like this, uh, uh, these yeah, all these teams are 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 so flawed for for sure. Um, but the Islanders are the one where it's like, yeah, you can kind of maybe fix this a little bit because it's just you don't you don't need to to play Andy Andrea if you can go trade a six round pick and and go mm. kidnap Nick Bonino or something for for a few <laughs> games. This is this is if if we're really going for it here, I'm not mm. suggesting that they should go all in on, and you know because Matt Barzell and Peugeot and Bailey are hurt, but I'm just saying that they. Mm the rosters for those other teams at least are, it, I don't know if it's more concerning for for a team like Pittsburgh or Washington that their rosters are, they look, at least have the look of an NHL team. Whereas the Islanders, like when I saw that Andy, that the power play was featuring Andy Andrioff and, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it, it, and or Adel Koivula got some PP time and, uh, you, you, you're like, this is a, this is a Saturday night, September 28th power play. The Islanders are playing the Flyers in Bridgeport in a preseason game. This is not a team that's chasing a playoff spot against the team that it's directly competing
2: with. It's uh it's brutal. It it really is and uh you know, but I just find it funny that you know, we've been sitting here complaining about the Islanders rightfully and then I look around and I'm like, man, there's a lot of fans saying the same exact thing about their teams and uh you know, who knows where where it's going to end up, but uh you know, and any of these teams are going to end up being fodder for again the Bruins or the hurricanes or lightning or whoever so we'll have to see um so let, let's look at the games real quick um in case you missed any of them we had a 3-2 shootout loss to ottawa on tuesday a 5-4 comeback win over the penguins on friday and then a 6-2 loss in boston on saturday um, let's start with the bruins game because i think the the less said about this the better um getting a win out of this game was obviously a uh un- very unlikely outcome uh this is a this was a weird one not that the islanders deserve to win or anything but It's very odd to see them play 7 o'clock on a night and then have a back-to-back where they play at 5. That's very weird. And my wife thought the game was a noon start. And I was like, no, this isn't baseball. They don't don't do that kind of stuff. But 5 is about as close as you'll get. And the Penguins had the same situation in their game in New Jersey. Um, None of that mattered because, as we've said, the lineup was less than optimal. They lost Barzell in the first period. They got their asses handed to them by a team that's much, much better. Okay, Paul Mary scored a you know crash in the net goal. That's pretty cool. Matt Martin and Ross Johnston put together a nice shift in the third period to make it six two. It was three one at one point, which you know kind of sounds respectable. But then the Bruins like woke up, and the next thing you know, it was six one. And well, that that was basically the end of that. Volomov wasn't great. Uh, he got beat uh, clean by Taylor Hall on one shot. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't really great either. And uh, it was just awful. And again, losing would have been uh, understandable and predictable but losing six two really is kind of demoralizing. And the fact that the hockey world was clowning on the Panthers for losing seven to two in Nashville earlier that day, kind of made kind of mitigated things a little bit for the Islanders. I think they were watching other stuff at the time, but you look back and you're like, man, that was, that was not a fun guy. By the third period I was, I was cooking. I was actually making chicken parm. So I was really kind of very much invested in my cooking by the third period. And I looked up and Matt Martin had scored. So uh, it, it was not good, but um, you know, again, not, it's the losing part was they won the most important game, which we'll talk about in a second, but you never want to get beat down six to two. And boy, the Bruins just make it look easy. Like they just, they just, Nick Felino is scoring goals. That like, <laughs> man, how is that even, what, where was everybody? What are you doing? Why are you leaving them open? Oh, wait, it's Nick Felino? Why are you leaving them open? Like, it's just, it was bad. It was bad. They just, they, they toyed with the Islanders and then just snuffed them out like a stale cigarette. Pretty bad. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was an ugly one. My uh my wife Emily is a Bruins fan, so I was trying to turn it off like six or seven different times and <laughs> couldn't get it and couldn't get it done. Um
2: well she's she's been in the building for a couple of Bruins losses to the Islanders, so yes, yes, she so, deserves so. one. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> um it, it had potential to be a disaster and, and I guess in a weird way it, it, it turned into a disaster for a completely different reason. Uh Barzel getting hurt, but uh Yeah it had a potential to be disaster in terms of their standing had they not come back against the penguins. So this team, the Islanders, uh, they, they sure do love to rest on their laurels. Uh, yes, it's almost after we saw uh, this happen against the penguins actually, where they'll have a great penalty kill next face off. You know, the, the other team wins it and scores or they'll, you know, get, they'll score a goal, quick comeback, or they'll, they'll even start a game pretty well with a couple good shifts. And be like, all right, that's enough for us today, you know, or or start a period. And uh this time it was once again, really tough schedule spot, uh, with the Bruins off, wait just waiting for the Islanders. Um but still like it was there was none of the Islanders third period against the Penguins. I was like, if this spills into this Bruins game, like they have a chance to at least hang around and maybe steal a point if Arlamov is on his game, which he wasn't uh but that yeah that didn't happen so it was almost like the islanders and penguins by the way mm. kind of looked at their their games against the devils and bruins respectively knowing okay we're traveling i mean the penguins had to travel from long island to new jersey so it <laughs> but i mean long island to boston's not crazy either mm. but uh you know it's it's almost like the the two teams were like we just we're totally fine with kind of pacing ourselves through this one and and we'll we'll catch the the, the important game on monday uh and hopefully uh win that one because it that's what it, it that's what it looked like to me. It looked like a classic you know Tampa Bay Lightning game where you know the lightning are like yeah, we're just going to not show up against the blue jackets cuz we you, you know we have a huge game against the you know Panthers on Thursday night. So um but the difference is that the Islanders I mean, every point is is incredibly important so there's no excuse but at the same time you're like it's, who, who was, I mean, I talked myself into the Islanders having a chance of winning that game, <laughs> of course, but like who, who in their right mind, uh, mm. which, which excludes me, would have thought that the Islanders would have won that game, uh, mm. certainly looked like I think everybody expected, uh, yeah. yeah, and it's just, it was the, it was the only, depre- it, it only became depressing, uh, when, when you heard that there was no update on Barzell after the yeah. game.
2: I mean, for me, that I thought the best outcome for the Islanders on Saturday would have been losing to the Bruins in overtime or a shootout. Like that, to me, would yeah. have been a victory. <laughs> like you'd you'd hung on for dear life in the third period. Maybe Varlamov makes you know 15 saves in the in the third period. You go to overtime two two, and then you lose there in a shootout. That would have been an enormous enormous thing. But exact instead, the exact opposite happened. They just got their asses handed to them from the moment the puck dropped. That was that <laughs> was the end of that. So again, not not unsurprising i not surprising i should say but uh kind of unfortunate nonetheless however the game before that was by any stretch of the imagination their biggest game of the year uh the most important game of the year and a huge comeback win in an lol penguins sort of way but let's not mince words they were terrible for the first two periods of this game uh yes they won 5-4 in regulation which was again enormous i, I kept thinking throughout the whole period like oh man they're gonna. They're going to go to overtime with these guys, really, and hand them a point. But, no, uh, they ended up uh, winning thanks to a Zach Parisi tip uh, in his 1,200th game. Tips the puck past Casey DeSmith uh, with just barely getting the heel of the stick on it. Uh, I want Zach Parisi in the Islanders Hall of Fame today. I don't think there's any reason to wait. <laughs> I want him signed. I, I know that you know we're going to talk at some point. We're, we're, we were already kind of strategizing our uh, trade deadline show for next week. And I, yeah, okay, fine. Maybe you can get a fourth round pick for Zach Parise or something at the deadline. I wouldn't even take it. Just keep this guy. Like I just, yeah. this guy, he has 15 goals this year. He's making peanuts because thank that courtesy of the Minnesota Wild, who we are paying him way more than the Islanders are. <laughs> um, I just, I, I, we've talked about this before. It's been a few weeks, so we, I'll reiterate. Having Zach Parise on the Islanders feels right, and he he feels like he he belongs here. He wants to be here. Obviously, it's his dad's old team. Just seeing him there is fantastic. He's 38. you wouldn't know it from how he plays every game. And uh, is he a top-line core player? No, but, man, it feels good watching him out there. And for him to get that goal in his 1,200th game with, you know, what was it, two minutes, 2.15 to go. uh, People thought it was Brock Nelson's hat trick, which would have been cool too, but... The rest of us were like, no, it was Parisi. Um, was just, it was very satisfying, and it made the first two periods uh, much, much more easier to take because uh, they played well in that third period. I mean, I don't know if it was dominant necessarily, but uh, the Islanders really came out after Bailey's injury. I don't know what it was said in the third second intermission, but uh, they came out and played really well. The first couple periods were not really well. In fact, they were down 3-1 and 4-2. Um, there was a funny... Uh, exchange in the first period Sidney Crosby scored a goal from underneath Varlam, uh, Sorokin and you're like wait a minute what, where was the whistle like he was covering the puck well Sidney Crosby gets whistles when Sidney Crosby wants them he did not want one in that case so he scored a goal uh, then Anders Lee a little bit later in the period scores another goal that you wonder hey where was the whistle there DeSmith makes a save uh, the puck ends up on one of three places either his stomach which was what Lee said, and he was there to score the goal. So maybe he knows. I thought it was on his pad, like kind of resting on top of uh, his goalie pad. But I think most people believed at that moment and would still like to believe that it was shot off of Casey's Smith, right off of his jump. So um, that was uh, it was a funny exchange. He made a save. The puck popped up, landed flat on his body somewhere. And Lee just kind of swiped it home uh, again. If it was in that area, uh, I hope the Smith is OK. But uh, in any, I wouldn't want Anders Lee swiping at mine. Uh, he's a large, large and powerful man. But in any event, that was kind of a funny exchange. And, uh, you know, again, they were, they were pretty lousy, but then they ended up tying it. Nelson had two goals. Lee had another one. Lee Nelson had two. Um, and they walked out with a very, very important five, four win. Sorokin was fantastic. to mean, 41 saves. They were just dominated shots in the second period were 19, nine Pittsburgh. Uh, but, it all worked out for the Islanders and, and made the Penguins and their fans very 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 angry. And uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of currency in that. I'll take that any day of the week. <laughs> and I even said on Twitter like I don't think they're gonna, I still don't think the Islanders are going to make the playoffs. But man, that was very satisfying. I got to tell you, that was a lot of fun to to make Penguins sad like that. It was good.
0: Yeah, uh, that I'll get the bad out of the way. I guess that the the start of that game was just terrible. Brutal brutal <laughs> and the second period you're like okay maybe they'll get a response here and nope <laughs> no there was none Sorokin I mean maybe one of the better four goals allowed games you'll see <laughs> um and there was a point in between the second uh first and second period where it's like man I was I was mad um yeah I... I was gonna wash the dishes but I was too mad to even do that so I just sat on my couch and flipped on YouTube and I like I think there's a lot of great YouTube documentaries out there, like history documentaries and stuff that I'll that I'll watch you know to kill time during the day. And um <laughs> the thing that was suggested to me was uh about nomads in, in Kyrgyzstan. So I flipped it on. And you know mm-hmm. it's like maybe this will make the intermission go a little quicker or if I'll like this so much I won't have to watch the Islanders for this <laughs> of the day. And um the only thing I could really think about was Man, the bliss that these people I mean, sure, it's a hard life living in the Asian steppe and basically just like traveling based on the weather and mm. living in these tents and whatever, but at least they don't know what it's like to, to be a Islander fan or the islanders just don't <laughs> even exist to them and like I was just thinking right. about that and would I take would I trade mm. the hardships of you know being an Islander fan for mm. the hardships of being a,
2: a nomad in the courageous step. We watch uh, a show, it's a Nat Geo show, but it's also on Disney Plus called Primal Survivor. With this guy Hazen Audel he lives with um, you know, tribes and stuff in various parts of the world. And then he goes on these like quests to uh to kind of do the things that they do and take part in their their customs. And it and it's really nice and it's really cool. It's a, it's a very good show. He's very cool. Uh but I ask myself that same exact question every single time. <laughs> like their their concern is eating. Or, you know, raising their kids or having kids in a little hut in the middle of the African desert or something like that. Or in the middle of uh, the North Pole or wherever he is that or the Amazon, wherever he is that week. And, you know, my big concern is the Islanders power play. Like, and it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I would, it, it, there has to be something, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, they're all concerns and worries and you are, you are who you are, but it. There is something to be said for like, man. I almost wish that was my problem. As <laughs> bullshit that we deal with every day. Yeah, because then you because you also have to come to grips with the fact that you know
0: how much bullshit that's just bullshit. Right. That's all yeah. it is, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. That is exactly. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, yeah. I I I traveled back to reality and and watched the rest of the game. And boy, am I glad! And and actually was was planning on going to the game, but oh. um, my usually I go to the games with my dad. He couldn't go. So I was like, all right, I sold my tickets and I was just going to get a single, but my dishwasher crapped out during the day. <laughs> and I thought it was a sign from the gods. Right. like the hockey gods are like, you'd much rather be dealing with this. At PC, you're buying th- a new uh, dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and the first two periods, I was like, man, man, thanks. Thank you to the dishwasher gods for, <laughs> for saving me. But, um, then obviously the party turned like it, it, it all of a sudden changed. And, uh, I don't think enough can be said about a couple of players like Brock Nelson was awesome all game and Mm -hmm. has basically kept there's, there's been times where I think you can say that four different players have kept the Islanders seasons alive (laughs) and and them being Sorokin, uh, Barzell, uh, Bo Horvat, just like the fact that he he came (laughs) and kept them alive. And then Nelson, uh, Nelson. And, and of those four, Sorokin sure is is the MVP, but Nelson really is not that far behind, and and has just been a rock all season. Uh, so the the game he played, he's kind of like he he. I think I've said this to you, maybe, and I don't know if I've ever said it on the show, but but Nelson kind of reminds me, um, of Rafiki from Lion King a little (laughs) bit. Like he's he's oh he's he's in the background of the he's not the hero of the show,
1: Mm,
0: right? But Simba doesn't become who he is without Rafiki and they both also kind of talk in the same way in these kind of you know when when Nelson does a post-game interview it's 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 very much the way like Rafiki kind of talks a little bit mm-hmm. you're like did, he, did Brock Nelson just talk about a riddle about setting up a Zach Parisi goal that he just try to, like <laughs> what was he talking about that was he talking about just like the cosmos I don't know what are you saying because he right. he, ta- he starts his sentences in the middle of them mm-hmm. uh, and he rarely uses like conjunctions uh so but yeah he he but he and he's rafiki like when you start thinking about the lion king and you like get to the layers of it you're like oh real rafiki was like you can make the argument that he was the hero of the show kind of like how people are like sam wise of in lord of the rings like he was a true hero like he was always there um for frodo so um but uh yeah that that third period i thought with the, the nelson goal and the power play and then the Parisi goal, Zach Parisi, like when the Islanders do put him in the Islanders hall of fame and the, and the team signs like the picture, like they, they, like they do like it's like a frame right. picture. It'll be Zach Parisi crashing into the boards after that goal. <sighs> Cause what a, what an appropriate way to celebrate his 1200th game, right. not only scoring a goal against the Penguins in a huge moment, but, doing it and then flying into the boards and <laughs> getting picked up by his teammates. um, And yeah, and, and I thought it was, you know, Brendan Burke kept r- reminding us that Parisi and Cindy Crosby made their NHL debut with <laughs> the same game and Parisi scored in that one, uh, which was crazy to think that like, you know, these two careers have led them back to this exact right. moment with Rafiki setting up Parisi for a game winning goal with, with three and a half minutes left. <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, they, they, the, the islanders that game kind of made me fall in love with them again and it, it in in the same way where it, it's almost like everyone's got like a friend where they're just like in and out of relationships you're just like it's like toxic person to be in a relationship with and you're like at some point like like you can really pick them almost right like and and this is how i kind of feel this islander season's been like you know this relationship is is heading in one direction almost and you know it's not going to end up well this season and um, but then like, you know, a thing happens and, and you know, the spark returns and whatever. And, uh, that Parisi goal, man, if I didn't go to bed, like the happiest person on the fucking planet on, <laughs> on Friday night, knowing full well, you've got 22 hours to, to enjoy this because you're about to get stomped right. on, uh, the next day. But, um, yeah, I thought that like that game was awesome and we keep t- uh, last episode, I talked how the Islanders have had much more signature losses this season and, and not signature wins. But that's one that, you know, in in a, in a weird way will, will go down kind of like that 6-5 game I alluded to uh, mm. last episode as well. And that same kind of spiel about signature wins, it kind of reminded me of, of the 6-5 win, even to the, to the goaltender. I said in, in last episode, like DPH had a really good game that night, even though he mm. led in five goals. <laughs> um, and the Islanders get the regulation win very late, uh, on a goal by, uh, that was Sillinger. This one's, you know, like these, these, these veteran players of the NHL and, um, uh, who are having great seasons despite their age. Sillinger might've been 38 that season too, but, uh, that, that game was awesome. And, and the fact that it came on the heels of another signature loss, uh, kind of made it, made me believe again. Cause I, and I didn't want to. That was the whole thing. Like, even when the Islanders scored their third goal, which was in the last minute of the second, and then their fourth goal, I, was like, I didn't even really celebrate, because I was like, come on. Right. Like, don't tease me. And then that goal against Par- <laughs> the Parisi scored. My God. Hmm. Ground shaker. Right.
2: And I still thought they were going to cough up the game-tying goal, because the Penguins oh, had yeah. pulled their goalie, and they had, like, a minute and a half or whatever in the Islanders' zone. But, no, nope, they, they hung on. And, and give the Islanders credit. Like, they understood the moment. Yeah, fine, the first two periods stunk, but... They recognized that they could come back. I mean, they were down, where was 4-2? No, they were 4-3 uh, after uh, two, and so they decided to they decided to show up for once. Uh, and and they pulled out a, a great win. And, um, again, if you're the Penguins, that should have been a very concern. I mean, it's one thing to lose to the Bruins. If, you, if you're the Penguins and you lose to the Islanders, you should be very concerned about the future of your team. Um, let's talk about a game in which the Islanders didn't show up and did not rise to the occasion. And it was a 3-2 shootout loss to Ottawa. On Tuesday, which now kind of seems like ancient history, but it did happen last week. Um, The worst thing about this game, and we talked about it, and I posted this to Twitter because somebody had talked to you, said to you, you know, you guys nailed this on the last podcast. And I was like, we did. And I had to go back and listen. And sure enough, they were right. Uh, We talked about facing the Islanders, facing a 22 year old NHL, ECHL goalie, making his NHL debut. His name is Kevin Mandelisi, and this was the exact formula for an Islanders loss. Bad team coming in, goalie with no experience in the NHL whatsoever, Uh, team needing points for the playoffs, and what did the Islanders do? They did exactly what we thought they were going to do, and they barely played. It was an extremely boring game. They took it very easy on Mandelisi. He made 46 saves. But honestly, of those forty-six, I don't remember too many of them being of the particularly dangerous variety. And sure enough, when I went back and listened to our podcast from 24 hours earlier, you had said that they were going to take 46 shots and he was going to make, you know, all these saves. So you had the number right. You had shots instead of saves. That is still an unbelievably accurate prediction, which just shows goes to show you how well we know this team. And getting back to my point originally, that's what made this so galling was that we all, everybody saw what was going to happen well ahead of time. The Islanders were going to take it very easy on this very inexperienced goalie and they were going to cough up points and yeah, they got a point. They lost in a shootout. There's two shootout attempts were lame to say the least. I think Paul Mary missed and somebody else got, you know, uh, whoever was after him, it might've been Horvat actually got stopped. um, they had another overtime power play, just like they had in Montreal. They did nothing with it. These guys were just very happy to welcome 22 year old Kevin Mandelisi to the NHL. Give him absolutely no, no grief or no, uh, you know, difficulty whatsoever. And I was very mad. And I may have tweeted yep. some regrettable things to the Islanders, but I was really mad. And I wasn't even—I I was mad that they lost, but I was more mad that I saw them losing this game 24 hours ahead of time just like you did just like a lot of other people did and man like come on really this is this is what we're doing now and this is what made you know again the penguins game somewhat so great but this this happens all the time what are you what are we doing why do we have to be why are the islanders have to be the the welcome leg like why do you know why are we the ones baking cookies for the neighbors let somebody else do it. <laughs> you know why Why can, you know just for once just Oh, that guy's 22 and he's just up from the E let's destroy him and, you know, score eight goals on him. I don't understand, but it is, that's what this team is. And so congratulations to Kevin Mandelisi. Didn't I get, didn't get as much talk uh, as I thought uh, I made a joke about, you know, him being talked about on the uh, Jeff Merrick show, but uh, I don't think I'd ever ha- even happened. Maybe if it did,
0: I can't believe that it, it got, went unnoticed.
2: Yeah. I think they got a couple of tweets not. and that was about it. Yeah.
0: Maybe that's an indictment of the Islanders more than anything. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I think honestly, the the thing I was most mad about that game was the start. Yeah, like the Islanders should have the Islanders should have done what the Bruins did to them. Right. Senators run it back to back, traveling from Ottawa. Islanders were rested, playing a fourth string goalie. Desperate for points. Mm. Here's, I think last episode I said this could be end up being the biggest goaltending mismatch of the season. I think. it's fair to say it was and they can point to the shot total and say, we, you know, we put up 47 shots on this guy and uh, we did dry and I can point to the first period and say your first 18 shots were from the blue line wrist shots. And right. then, and then like there, there were so many times where the puck was just, there was just a mad scramble in front of the net and it just came, truly came down to who wants it more. And I know that's a cliche, but that's all it was. And the senators would get it out. Um, they'd escape, and yeah, then that that 4 and 3 power play. That the thing that pissed me off too was that was the game. Um, after the Canadians, they had a couple of days off, and we heard the same lip service from the same folks. Sense of urgency's got to be mm-hmm. better. Des- we got to play desperate. Running out of time. All those things, uh, and that was the effort that they put forth in the first period. Uh, which was all the opposite of what they said, <laughs> and mm. and like I was, like, and that was when you're just like, how like is it the coach just not getting them motivated? Is it them not under like the coach, the staff just not getting a message across of how important these starts are to to mm. to just like leaving no doubt, getting two points, and then getting yourselves fresh for the the Friday Monday uh little double dip with the Penguins, but like. It was it. Tr- it truly was uh, bewilderingly mad and expected at the same time because when the Islanders started the way that they did, I was like, "Yeah, no, I, what? Why was I expecting them to come out like like gangbusters in this game mm-hmm. when I've watched this exact first period forty times this season?" Yeah. Um. It was. It was. Well, yeah, one of those. One of those games where you 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 just as soon as. Uh, the game ends. you just hit the power button on your tv so yep. mad and, and like stew for right. for 20 minutes like why am i doing this or or
2: you send a bunch of ill-advised tweets yeah i mean <laughs> you know, what,
0: however you react early. to that game was fine and the way i did was i was mad walked around my house paced, and you know texted people mm. mad and uh then turned my attention to friday which turned it like and got myself excited for that and i was like oh no they're not out of it they got a point like all all these results are going their way and friday uh, i guess the penguin turned into a you know pull pull the fire alarm in in the penguins hotel type of game where it's just like a must win at all costs everybody on board and um and now monday is is another one but with the exception that the islanders are on the road and uh it's yeah it's Mm. the fact that they took this incredibly circuitous route uh, to get to where we are, <laughs> stopping off in in truly bizarre lands, from, from you know Kyrgyzstan to to wherever, but like the the route that they've taken to get to this m- incredibly mediocre record and in the thick of the playoff race in the Eastern Conference, which is six teams deep now.
1: Mm.
0: I mean, if you want to include Ottawa, go right ahead because people people have kind of been poo pooing that like. Right. Now the senators aren't in it and and sure like they they'd have to go on uh, some crazy run and whatever but if an Ottawa senator fan wants to convince themselves that they can close a, a a 7 point gap on a team that's played 5 more games than them and they've got games at hand on basically <laughs> everyone like go right ahead because we just saw the Detroit Red Wings win 5 games in a row and now all of a sudden they're in, back in in the mix and uh yeah. so you, you however many teams deep you want to make this thing go right ahead the islanders are somehow one of them and they're the one that holds the playoff spot as we stand right now uh despite like i said taking the most bizarre frustrating route to get here uh yeah. and like you said like uh, how much more of it can we take it's not even like the losses it's just mm-hmm. the, the 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 it's the frustrating kind of roots off off the path like when you're driving with someone and they're like no i'm gonna take this left and you're like well the the gps says if you just beat the cchl goalie like you'll end up in the playoffs and they're like no i I think this is gonna be a a shortcut and the next thing you know you're in the back alley somewhere Mm -hmm. getting jumped and you're like see we should have just tried to beat the cchl goalie or beat the arizona coyotes and we wouldn't be here right now fighting off
2: the detroit red wings (laughs) um mike harrington who covers the sabers had a great tweet from. This morning, uh, he said that the Sabres are in the second wild card slot due to uh, all the games in hand. By Oh, no, he's, excuse me, he says by points percentage, the Sabres are in the second wild card slot due to all the games in hand. Yeah, except they're not because they have 60 points and the Islanders have 63. So I don't know where Mike thinks the uh, standings come from, but if you are like, well, yeah, if they win all those games, then they'll be in the second wild card. Okay, well, you can seriously look at all these teams and tell me they're going to win all of these games in hand because. I sure as hell can't like you can't predict what these guys are going to do. If you have if you're looking at the Penguins, Islanders, Capitals, Panthers, Sabres, Red Wings and Ottawa, and you want to put any kind of trust into any of these squads. God help you. Like, (laughs) there's no, I don't care what your model says. I don't care what your gut tells you. That's a lie. Like there's no any one of these two teams. Two of these two teams are going to end up in the playoffs and you cannot predict which ones they are. Yeah. Okay, fine. Everybody's got games in hand on the Islanders and Panthers for that matter doesn't matter who cares like you can't see this penguins team losing four games in a row i can like they they're a mess they're just like anybody else the sabers could drop four in a row too easily the senators are yeah like you said they kind of snuck in there a little bit they got a minus 10 goal differential like uh that that's actually one of the worst things about that bruins game was the islanders goal differential got took a big hit so yeah you know okay sure maybe the sabers win all four of these games in hand and they they got five games in hand on the islanders now maybe they and they end up in the playoffs good for them i would not I would not bet money on that right now. <laughs> I, just, I just would, not but we'll have to see. Uh, it's, it's insane, and uh, we're just going to have to ride it out until the end of the season. We'll see what happens. Okay, uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back on the other side, talk about a big trade that went down uh, about 11 o'clock on Friday night, which I'm sure everybody saw, and uh, look at the Islanders' upcoming schedule. All right, so join us on the other side. Thanks. And now a word from our sponsors. First, as always, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, and jerseys featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and the Island merch, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Use the code ANXIETY to save 15% off your order. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All the varieties are delicious, priced at less than $15 a bottle, and are available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at thepinoproject.com. Please drink responsibly. The fine folks at Foco have done it again. They have another bobblehead for Islanders fans. This one is called Line Change, and it's got three guys on it. Brian Trottier, Dennis Potvan, Brent Sutter all look like they're coming off for a line change. It's pretty cool, and it is available for pre-order right now. Uh, I got the link in the description. It'll be at, at the article, too. Do not wait. If you want this, I know I say this all the time. Seriously, there's like literally a couple of dozen of these things left. So get to the pre-order as soon as you can. And uh, it's a pretty cool thing if you're a collector. Again, that is Foco.com. And uh, you'll see uh, the link in the description. Check it out. It's called Line Change. Uh, Okay, let's look at the Islanders' upcoming schedule real quick. Uh, They have the game on Monday against the Penguins. It's at 7 o'clock. The day you're probably listening to this. They have another 7 o'clock start Wednesday against Winnipeg. Um, seven o'clock start. Oh, it is. Uh, it's on MSG. I think. I guess it's Sportsnet starts. So they got to go seven. Uh, and then Friday against the Kings at seven thirty. Uh, we'll go ahead to Sunday uh, against Winnipeg, which is at three thirty-two. We will. We're going to have an episode after that one. So you know, it's a mid. It's a midday afternoon matinee start. But we'll be. Uh, we'll be doing an episode afterwards, and uh, you'll be able to have that on Monday. Um, this is going to be tough. Obviously, the the big focus is on the Penguins game. Like if they walk into Pittsburgh and take two more points. That's going to be enormous. But don't sleep on the Jets, the Kings, and the Jets again, because these are really good teams. Um, the Jets in particular are very, very good this year. Uh, Connor Hellebuck is still very good. And the Kings are always very good, too. Or at least this year, they've been really good. Their goaltending is not great. Phoenix Copley has been holding it down, but his stats are terrible. So that that can go any number of ways. But uh, they're, I, I feel like a broken record, but like there's points to be gotten here uh focusing on that first game in particular, I, I don't know where these are gonna go. I mean, they could if they win two of them, I'd be surprised. If they won none of them, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, that would obviously uh this is all the lead up to the trade deadline, which is next Friday. So not this Friday the twenty fourth, but the next Friday, March third. If these guys blow all four of these games and throw let's throw in the fifth game Minnesota next Tuesday, if they come out of this with anything other than you know, six points, maybe at the least. I, I think they should just be sellers. I mean, you you can make the case they should be sellers at the deadline this year anyway. But um, these are five big game. This is what's going to, I think, kind of position them for the deadline. You know, if they if they lose off, if they go on a five game losing streak, which I guess would be a six game losing streak altogether, just just sell everybody who's not nailed down. Varlamov, Mayfield, anybody else you can get something for, but not Zach Parisi. Um, But But you never know what Lou Lamaral is going to do. He might, you know, they might lose all five. And still, if the other guys that they're chasing lose games, too, they could still be a point out of the playoffs and and nothing will have changed. So um, it's a big week, even though it involves, you know, four games against Western Conference teams. But it's all riding on that Penguins game. The Penguins are going to be pissed off. The Islanders are going to want to get points. So um, we'll have to see what Monday is the big one. And then we'll just kind of have to ride out the rest of the week and see what happens. Yeah, I don't I don't think we
0: need to really even talk about Monday cuz everyone listening to the show knows just how important okay. that that is um and then I think if you you look at um the schedule spots for the Islanders the Jets will mm. be on the second night of a back to back so hey we might not have to play Connor Hellebuck mm. uh in their home game against Winnipeg and then the Kings are on the second night of a back to back on Friday um all these should be advantages but they don't they don't turn into advantages when you wade into a game very casually like the Islanders do. And they, they they uh extend the very warm hospitality of letting their opponent find their legs uh mm-hmm. on the second night of a back to back. So um yeah, I I mean there's some there's also a lot of stats that point to like the East just being a lot better than the West on on our podcast Line Change at Action Network. My co host Nick talks about it a lot, like how mm-hmm. the these teams in the East really make the teams in the West look pretty pedestrian uh, <laughs> quite often. And so Maybe they have that going for them, but um, yeah, it's just you, even if the, like, like the, the sad thing about this is that if the Islanders beat the Penguins on Monday night, like, and they play a great game and My. there's just no faith that they'll carry that into Wednesday <laughs> against the Jets and the, or Friday against the Kings or whatever. So it's just, maybe that's what I was trying to get at before the break was like, the the most tiring that's the most tiring aspect of the season is you wake up and it's it's the opposite of groundhog day where you're just it's the you, you have no idea how, what to expect with this team at all like it's, right. it's 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 they they are a completely different outfit every night and they find either a new way to lose or a new way to win goal off of a Casey's the smith or Zach Parisi crashing into the net, like, like into the boards at the end, like they're, they're inventing ways to win. They're inventing ways to lose. And it's just, they're dragging (laughs) us with them. Uh, And, and uh, when you throw two teams, like they don't see very often Winnipeg and and Los Angeles, they haven't seen them yet this year into the mix. Who the hell knows? Yeah, maybe Uh, I have no idea.
2: Mm.
0: The only thing that helps me sleep at night is that the Islanders, will be able to play Elias Sorokin in every one of these games because it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Um, I, I, you know, I said last episode that the, the Islanders you knew that the, the, the schedule is 82 games for every season. Like they don't let you, they don't wait for you to get good before yeah. they say, okay, regular season's over. But I'm so confused how the Islanders have played the most compact schedule in the NHL this season. Right. And yet they're playing, they, they're playing it This is be a three and four against the penguins coming up uh that ends and, and just like they're still playing like every other night <laughs> and and it goes to my 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 conspiracy theory that the islanders have their schedule made last uh <laughs> on by the computer that makes the schedule because this is it's been truly bizarre that they played five more games than a lot of it's, teams and and it's yeah. not like relenting
2: right and and this happens i feel like every year i feel like every year they play more games than anybody else but I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's um, it is. It's definitely a lot. Like when you look up, especially when it's almost March, and you're like, "Man, how have they played five more games than the Sabers?" It's like, "What? How, how is that possible?" I don't understand. Uh, yeah, there must be some kind of thing. I think maybe uh, the the computer that makes up the schedule is working on uh, Dom's model from the Athletic. I'm not sure. Um, but um, I wonder if uh, maybe you know this. Are, are the Kings or Jets playing? Not that this ever helps the Islanders at all, but like, are they playing? The night before they play the Islanders, like Yeah, think, yeah that's you know, what I'm saying. So the
0: Kings okay. Kings are in New Jersey okay. on uh Thursday. Thursday night. I think the Jets are in uh New y- Oh, sorry. So the no actually the Jets aren't on a back to back. They yeah. are playing today and they're playing tomorrow. So they're playing a, this will be their third or fourth night. So we'll okay. we will see Connor Hallibuck, unfortunately. Yeah. Um uh, yeah. But yeah, it's it's still a decent schedule spot when you consider it. they're playing their third and fourth. The Islanders mm-hmm. will have a day off uh in between, but mm. they're playing their fourth and sixth, so so, cause somehow they still are playing a very condensed schedule um yeah. but like i, I you just got they gotta they got like you said they gotta find a way to yeah to just get points in these these games even the ones that aren't against the penguins and I, I i like and as i alluded to my full expectation is if they do beat pittsburgh on 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 monday night that it is another rest on their laurels moment uh, oh, on yeah. wednesday and they'll be down they, three nothing. Did it? Yeah. Where, where's a where's yeah. The, the banner raising for the fact that we beat the Penguins <laughs> twice in two really important games?
2: So well, that's a perfect segue. Let's let's speaking of raising banners to the rafters and resting on one's laurels, uh, you may have all heard this, but the Maple Leafs made a big trade on Friday. They acquired Ryan O'Reilly and Nolachari from St. Louis for a bunch of picks. Um, O'Reilly was technically like laundered through Minnesota. So they can, you know, pay pay him less money somehow. It's the whole thing. Michael Russo will, I'm sure, explain it to everybody at some point. But um, this has been seen as uh, a huge win for the Leafs. They gave up a first round pick. I think, I think, all told, they gave up a pick in every of the each of the first four rounds of either this draft or the next draft. So you know, it's a lot. Uh, some prospect or whatever. Um, the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter what they gave up because. Getting O'Reilly, who won the Conn Smythe Trophy in 2019, has been a captain, is, you know, uh, kind of the face of grizzled playoff hockey, is exactly what the Leafs need, according to every single person writing about hockey on Earth. And uh, we're all supposed to just love this and and be happy for the Leafs that, you know, this is going to put them over, possibly winning their first playoff round since 2004. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he's looked, he has not looked that great. The blues have obviously been pretty, pretty lousy. Um, You know, we've seen the Leafs get captains before you all. I'm sure remember, you know, them from such uh trade deadline acquisitions as Nick Felino and uh Patrick Marlowe. Those didn't work out that well. So we'll see. I'm just, I'm already over people talking about it. It's funny that they, the one good thing about this is it stopped people from talking about Vladimir Tarasenko. We didn't really have time have time to get sick of people talking about Tarasenko before this O'Reilly thing happened. So, um, you know, everybody loves it because everybody loves the Leafs. And that's the end of that. So, I mean, there's not much I guess we can do until the first round of the playoff starts. Uh, what, what was your I mean, I was sitting on my couch and watching wrestling while this happened. And I was like, wait, what the Is this a fake? But it was a real thing. Uh, what was your reaction to this trade? And uh, what's your reaction to the reactions? Yeah, I mean,
0: my reaction actually was, and I'm an I'm an alarmist when it comes to the Leafs. I get nervous mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I was actually kind of relieved that it was <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly and not yeah. Timo Meyer because yeah. uh, it did sound like the Leafs were kind of in the mix for yeah. Timo Meyer, and they could have fit him, but they guess couldn't make it work, and instead went to Ryan O'Reilly and. um you knew they were going to do something, and, and of all the things that they could have done, I think this was probably the lesser of, of the evils. I wouldn't have wanted them to got, you know, Meyer or Tyler Bertuzzi or something. Um, yeah, instead they get a, a 32-year-old player past his prime, and everyone is, is saying that it's uh, in a home run, and treating... The, the, the. My reaction to the reaction is uh, that I don't know what it is in the water up there, but everyone is acting like this is like a totally... Unique thing yeah. that Kyle Dubas just did the home run swing,
1: hmm.
0: the blockbuster trade. He's all in this year. Hmm. Well, he was all in. I mean, I'm sure if we do a Twitter search, we can probably see that these same writers said sure. Kyle Dubas is all in this year trading for Nick Felina. Kyle Dubas is all in this year. Mark Giordano, Colin Blackwell, <laughs> these guys are coming aboard. Like, this is an all in yeah. move for. um They don't realize it's the same thing over and over again. Uh, but the award for the best reaction is this, this lead from uh, Luke Fox from Sportsnet oh boy. Uh, who wrote, General Manager Kyle Dubas exhausted himself through the completion of his blockbuster trade so that his t- Toronto Maple Leafs could feel energized. Nobody from our management team left the building last night from practice all the way through the end of the night, so it was a clear th- So it was clear a lot was happening, Head Coach Sheld- Sheldon Keefe explained. The morning after his GM's home run swing he exhausted wow. himself.
2: Wait, so he used home run swing too? Oh, yeah. Because Pierre Lebrun said that too. So the, oh, the talking yeah. points are home run swing. Like that's and, everybody's got to get that out of And he's there.
0: exhausted himself. The, oh, the, arduous, <laughs> the arduous exhaustion of The man may have had two
2: phones. Two phones.
0: Yeah. It's exhausting. And, and these guys got to use a whole new batch of Dubis pictures that I've never seen before. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just couldn't believe how this trade was, or I shouldn't say that. Of course I could believe it, but I, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is not bad. And, and not my mm-hmm. same co-host Nick from line changes. Uh, he, he bets, he has a big ticket on the Leafs to win the Stanley cup and and generally likes them uh, mm-hmm. was like, he was like, people are looking at this in the wrong way. They're looking at it as if in a, in a vacuum, the Leafs traded for Ryan O'Reilly. But what they did was they, took themselves out of the running for players that actually would have helped them more like Timo <laughs> Meyer or Gavrikov or Chikrin mm-hmm. or whoever. Um But then there were also the, there were the people that said, no, he's not done. Dude, mm, he's, yeah. he's gonna, he's gonna, you know, go get those guys too, because he can. I think it was the guy who does the, the Steve Dangle podcast with Steve Dangle. Um, what a career that is just to hit your wagon of that guy right but um he um he was like the leafs have four and a half million dollars of usable cap space left like what's Dubas's next move and everyone was like uh yeah he has that because matt murray is on long-term injured reserve again and they're not going to be able to go into the playoffs with joseph right. wool and and Sampson. samson off they're going to need matt murray right. um back so uh it it truly bizarre of course chris johnston said it was an incredible move is exactly what the leafs needed <laughs> um so chris is back to playing the hits he's back on form on song uh but yeah i mean the islanders uh traded for a a player who's five years younger scored something like 31 goals before Mm. he came and uh, they were lampooned Mm. and then and they gave up less you can argue (laughs) less uh in terms of at least assets and they Mm. they got rid of a a a contract that they needed to in the process um Mm. but yeah this one is was was hailed as just an absolute mm. genius and like i said the the way that it's being treated like this is a totally new strategy from a forward-thinking general manager making a mm. big blast trade uh and trading draft picks and going all in mm. uh, f- for the first f- for the first time he's going all in like no dude this guy does this every year <laughs> like you guys just you guys are so brainwash because none of this stuff matters because it all just comes down to one week in april for you guys (laughs) uh i don't know what it is like they do not realize that he does this every it's every year follows the same pattern Mm. they don't fire anybody they come back they say this is the group we're committed to the group we're running it back then the the the, the trade rumors start swirling all the guys that uh they signed in the offseason uh to who were supposed Ooh, the to be, perfect fit? Yes. Yeah. They're all on waivers. The Nickel, right. Nicholas, by Kubel is on one team. Adam Gaudet just got traded in right. this trade. Like, it's Wayne this, Simmons <laughs> has
2: been on waivers three times this year. Yeah, like, this like. is
0: just something. uh It's all the same pattern. And then it, we get yeah. to the deadline and he trades for, he makes, he takes the big swing, swing. He goes all in. Then they lose in the first round and we just start the cycle all over again. And yeah. um Yeah. It's my reaction is just, I, I kind of ate it up because I was like, it's not Timo Meyer. So give me all these home run swing and hmm. Pierre LeBrun finding out from from rival executives that this is what the Leafs needed.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. This is Pierre LeBrun's beat now. Is what rival execs are saying about the Leafs. So again, as I said a couple of weeks ago, please cancel your subscription to the Athletic. <laughs> like, uh, mine runs until October, so I'm going to keep it until then. But unless you want to know what rival execs are saying about Kyle Dubas's moves, uh, you really don't need to. There's nothing there for you, basically. But um, I, I, I was interesting though, and I did want to mention this because you were talking about some of the the online reaction and and you know the the charts and the the uh, comparison to the Horvat thing. And so there's uh, you know, look, the Leafs and Islanders are in two different parts of the state. It's like the Islanders every day they could be out of the playoffs, they could be in the playoffs, and the Leafs have been comfortably in a playoff spot for a long time. But I mean, I think. There's a logic to getting Bo Horvat. Somebody was going to get him, and somebody's going to pay him a lot of money, and the Islanders did it, and they gave him a lot of money. But, I mean, I think it's a reasonable amount of money, and he's still pretty good, and I think he's going to be good for a while. So I think it's okay to say, like, yeah, they gave up a lot, but, hey, at least they signed him, so, I mean, he's not going to walk away. Um, There are people out there, though, that, and we've talked about this a lot on this show. We've made no bones about this. There are people out there that are never going to like anything the Islanders do ever. Like, that's just how it is. They are never going to be popular. They're never going to be the cool team. And this is just their lot in life. (laughs) It's always going to be this way. And there are people out there, and I'm talking about, like, Paul Bissonette, who, once again, called the Islanders trash while they were getting their asses handed to them by the Bruins. There's Dom at The Athletic. There's Jay Fresh, who's another, like, you know, popular kind of online charts guy. Um, These people are either talking heads or podcasters, in uh, Bissonette's case. They know that shitting on the Islanders is going to be good for engagement. Dom and, and Jay Fresh and guys like that, and half of the, the uh, Toronto contingent at the Athletic, they're fans. Like, they're just fans, just like we are. And just because they know how to code doesn't make them any smarter than you. Like, you can go out and learn how to do that stuff, too. It's really not that big a deal. You can make your own model, and it can tell you whatever you want. And so my thing is the Islanders are never going to get respect from these people, and that's just how it is. I don't know whether it's you know their logo where they play their g m is eighty years old everybody's signed for fifty years. who knows what gets me though is the issue of self respect and that is when I see people who are like either I know or friends of ours or you know listeners of ours or whatever like arguing with them online. Guys, you have better things to do with your life like you don't there's no reason to argue with these people online or in the comments or on Twitter or whatever because you're never going to change their minds you're never going to make them see the islanders as anything other than you know clown college like it's just never going to work so i mean you can engage with jay fresh or you can clown dom in the comments of his stuff at the athletic but at the end of the day they're never going to like the Islanders. it's just that's the way it is they're never going to see the same you see them the same way you are so find something else to do with your time have some self-respect you don't need to argue with these people (laughs) because you're never going to change their outlook you know if they didn't like bo horvat the bo horvat trade when it went down they ain't going to like it six months in, uh, later they aren't they're not gonna like it if the islanders you know went around in the playoffs or what like they're never gonna like it so just i don't know find something else to do go play a video game go go get a nintendo switch or watch watch some nature documentaries on youtube or on disney plus or something like it's you know you don't need to do this to yourself the, the, being an islanders fan is hard enough as it is you arguing with people that are never gonna like them or give them an ounce of respect is not going to save any problem. There are people out there that will respect the Islanders. Kevin Weeks is a good one. Mike Kelly at the NHL. Uh, he always has nice things to say. D- Justin Bourne holds down the fort up in sports net. <laughs> you know, he's, it can't be an easy thing to do. Uh, but yeah, uh, you, know, you can engage with them, but yeah, everybody else uh, just, I don't see the point. There's really no point in arguing with these guys. I mean, I, I mean, if people like business, that's cool, whatever. It's not my thing, but like, he says something bad about the Islanders, and people get in his his mentions and try and you know argue the other way. You're just wasting your time. You're wasting your time and your energy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the, the the
0: last thing I I want to mention about that O'Reilly thing is that uh if um uh, another team had made that trade, mm. the reaction would have been so different. Uh, I don't even want to say the Islanders because like if if the Islanders made that trade, I would be like, what the fuck are they doing <laughs> uh, in this spot where they are right now? But like you know. If, the Red Wings, or no, not the Red Wings, but like the, the Hurricanes, or someone you know, like, oh, okay. They gave up too much for a 32 year old player with 19 points in 40 games this season. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, now the where it's the Leafs, it's uh, Con, 2019 Conn Smythe winner who's definitely not feeling the, the effects of four years of playing a pretty physical <laughs> style of hockey. Uh, right is is a, a, an absolute genius stroke of genius from from uh gen- genius Kyle Dubas who uh makes his first and only all in declaration this is the true right this is the time this is he really means it this time yeah <laughs> good god these people we, um, we
2: got to be careful what we say about Kyle Dubas because i 100% believe that if he is fired by the leafs this summer he will become the Islanders. Oh leader. no! I, yeah, and we want
0: it. we. we <laughs> I'm on record of both hating him right now, and and I will be driving him and helping him get settled in right. on Long Island when that happens. Yeah. Uh, just because of the 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 lulls that you'll get out yeah. of uh, oh my God. out of everything that that will come with that right. move. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's it's it. Hopefully, happens.
2: Yeah. Oh, definitely. And then you'll see an entire week at the Athletic of Islanders hire loser Kyle Dubas as their general manager. Can you believe these guys? How much <laughs> they suck. Do they ever do anything that doesn't suck? You know, meanwhile, Mark Hunter is installed as the, the latest savior <laughs> for the Leafs or something like that. But I mean, they might win the cup and he might still get fired. Like, you never, we might just yeah. leave. Who knows? But what, one see. of my things too is, and this is last
0: part, I promise, that someone was like, you know, I I really gener- some guy who was a Leafs fan. I can't remember the account, but he was generally it was he's like generally i like dubis because i think he represents of like you know going against like the hockey men who control who Mm. are gms and i just i didn't do it because of what you said but i just wanted to reply (laughs) to this person like this this dude was like his family was his grandpa was like the coach of the Sault saint marie greyhounds like he's (laughs) he he is a hockey man like that's what exactly what he is so um i don't i don't understand why we we project like this that Mm. he's like you know some some guy who was born in in like Johannesburg and mm. and you know came up through this like really hard, rigorous life and mm. defied the odds, like no, this is the guy who was the Matt general his family was like <laughs> attached to the suit one of the biggest junior teams in Ontario. so
2: well, that happens to Steve Eiserman too. People talk about Eiserman as being this very progressive, you know new kind of idea of what a general manager should be. Dude, he's goddamn Steve Eiserman. Like you can't get you can't get more hockey guy than Steve Eiserman. Like, come on. And, you know, yeah, okay, fine. he's got he's got a good eye. Obviously built the lightning team that won the cup. And, you know, maybe the Red Wings will be good one, one day soon, but like don't don't try and tell me that Steve Eiserman's not a hockey guy. Like Steve he's Steve Eiserman. Like people people see what they want to see, but in any event, there you go. Okay. Uh so let's wrap up real quick. Um again, Islanders play Monday night, Wednesday night. Friday night, Sunday night. Uh, we'll be back after Sunday night's episode uh, to talk about that and look at the trade deadline, which is on the 3rd. Make sure you read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for our up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Next week, we will have news as to what the future of this podcast holds. I promise you, this is going to be a huge week for us. Wheels are in motion. We're going to be kind of figuring things, some things out. We're kind of finalizing, we have plans for stuff. So we don't want to say anything yet, but we will soon. It's all good stuff, I promise. And, uh, you know, we will be at Lighthouse Hockey until they turn the lights off. Uh, But there are some changes that are going to happen sort of under the hood and uh, going forward to the future of the show. So we'll have more information for that for you to tell you uh, when we have it and once everything is sort of locked down. Just want to shout out uh, Joe, who wrote in. He's in um, uh, Portland, and uh, he's a big Trevor Gillies guy. And I really enjoyed our last two episodes of Weird Islanders, which were about Michael Haley and Zenon Kanopka. Trevor Gillies is on the list, Joe. So don't worry. He'll get an episode at some point, I'm sure. Um, and there's uh, going to be a new episode of Weird Islanders coming out this week. We have a couple of big uh, interviews lined up, and I'm hoping that uh, our later one will, will end up going uh, live at the end of the week. But in whichever one we end up posting, it's going to be great, I promise. And that is going to be on Friday. So keep an eye open for that. Uh, Michael Leiboff, uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big League Basket with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski, read his work and listen to his work at the action network. Uh, any final thoughts for this? Uh, very, very monumental week coming up for the Islanders, which has basically been every week this season.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I just expect it to go completely haywire. And however that, whatever that means, you know, maybe that's an Andy andreoff hat trick against the penguins or something.
2: I, I we did not talk about Andy Andreoff this entire time. Oh no, well, I guess you did mention him before, but yeah. Yeah. We He's talked about here. him. He's got a point. He's got a point. Yeah. He's a, so <laughs> we've reached Andrea Andy off stage of the season just always be, the yeah. last <laughs> it's just the worst. Anyway, he's probably a really nice guy, but yeah, so well, I guess we'll just hang on for the ride, I guess there's really not much else we can do. But uh yeah, yeah so thank you. Check out Mike's work again in Action Network, follow him at the Big Lebowski. and uh, we'll be back next week to look at the trade deadline and uh sift through the ru- the wreckage of what the Islanders <laughs> do to us this week. Uh until then, thanks again and we'll talk to you later. All right, bye-bye.